Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am your ever effervescent. I'm going to say effervescent. Oh, it's chops. I'm pretty sure I've used that before. You have. Uh, listen, <laughs> I have a bubbly personality. Deal with it. Um, so with me today, I have the glitch. Hey, chops. How's it going? Good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Had good. a good breakfast. Yeah, I know. You're, you get those sleepy eyes. <laughs> um, we've got Craig WK. Thanks for uh, having me once again, You're welcome. as always. Did you have a big breakfast or no? I had a uh, cup of mandarin oranges. A cup? Like you measured little, out of a cup? No, like oh, one of those oh, fruit cups. I was like, very specific portion sizes. I had three quarters of a cup of mandarin oranges, uh-huh. uh, one quarter of a cup of grapes. And, and a tablespoon of salt? I was just kidding. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, that's a lot. It's <laughs> bad sodium intake right there. I, it's terrible. It's horrible. <laughs> um, today, though, we have another special guest on the show. For uh, They're here to talk about what they do as their work kind of promote a whole bunch of different stuff. We have J.J. Bouchard from C.S. Mott's Children's Hospital. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Hi, guys. <laughs> Whoa. Now, J.J. Yeah. I don't know if people know this, but we know you from volunteering at C.S. Mott's Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, at your event that's called the Mott Arcade, mm-hmm. where we spend time with children in the hospital, playing video games with them, whether it's Switch, um, I think we played some Rocket League, some Just Dance, which I'm awful at, and I get sweaty, so I don't <laughs> like to do it, and VR stuff. Um, but it's all around kind of like what your position is at the hospital and, and what you're doing to promote healthy well-being with, with children there. So I don't know if you could just tell us a little bit about what you do at the hospital and then we can get into you know the arcade and talk about some other stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, so I am the patient technology coordinator at CS Mott Children's Hospital. And my job is to basically I oversee all of the recreational technology that comes into our hospital and all the programming that goes around it. So... If you think of um, somebody who can come to your room while you're in the hospital and just ask you, hey, what's your favorite video game? You want to play video games for a little while? Like, That's basically what my job is, is to try to make sure that the kids in the hospital have access to all of their favorite games and maybe some stuff that they haven't done before. Uh, I have a team of three um, who all kind of have their specialties. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them brings virtual reality bedside with the kids and augmented reality and does a lot of PC gaming with them. Another one is kind of our iOS master, and he uh, does a lot of film editing with kids, uh, teaches them how to use iPads and um, robots. He teaches them robot coding and things like that, which the kids really love. I mean, I wish I had had someone teach me how to play robots. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's essentially the Gundam pilot instructor. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Okay, all right, I get it. Uh, I'm following yeah, and then we have our, our Lego master builder, and uh, he goes bedside with this amazing cart full of Legos and robotics, and he, he has all these different kits, and they, like, the kids can put to, can either put pre-made, like pre-set uh, robots that are made out of Legos, and it codes it to an iPad, and then the robots will move around, do whatever they want, or the kids can build a robot completely from scratch, and then we also have robot wars with those, but they're Legos. And everybody loves Legos. Oh, yeah. And who doesn't love Robot Wars? Right, 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 right. (laughs) Man, it's the best place ever. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, JJ, I I do want to ask. So, uh, we we only briefly touched on it. So, CS Mott, for those who don't know, Legend of Retro is recorded in the Detroit area. So, this is a children's hospital, you know, near Ann Arbor, Michigan, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, not too far from Detroit. Uh, But for those who... Uh, don't know. I wanted to kind of lay it on the line. Uh, CS Mott is specifically a children's hospital. Is that right? Yes, it's well, it, it's a children's hospital, but the the word child is stretched pretty broadly. Um, I think the we've had patients as old as fifty six, but usually the cutoffs around twenty six is when we try to transition patients over to okay. the adult hospital. But we also have uh, gaming services at that hospital too. Not nearly as wide and widely offered yeah but there's definitely we actually have in our um in the adult side our uh our pt and our ot and our our kind of like um physical therapy sections um there's a there's a guy kind of like me who his name is rob ferguson and his whole job is is gaming therapy but he really like tailors games to your specific like physical needs whereas my role is more 
we just want to make enhance the hospital experience for patients. And so sometimes we work with PTOT mm-hmm. and child life specialists and nursing to help kids reach their therapeutic goals. But at the end of the day, we just want to make sure they're having fun and they have access to as much gaming as possible. Yeah. So, um, Chops, you had mentioned that we uh, have done this uh, Mott Arcade mm-hmm. event, uh, but you know, JJ, what exactly is the Mott Arcade event? Like, what what even is that? So, the Mott Arcade is is this amazing event that we bring together. It's one of the only opportunities where people from outside the hospital get to interact with patients in the hospital, but it's also a time for kids to interact with each other who wouldn't normally see each other. Usually the kids are, they're in rooms by themselves or there's an activity room on their unit. But what the Mod Arcade is, is it's held on our 12th floor that has this amazing view of the Ann Arbor skyline. We're located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and we have, it's it's usually a conference room, but what we do is we, we push all the tables out of the way and we build this amazing space where it has four drop down large screens where we can put uh, social games. So like Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, any other game that we, like you'd think of like a classic like couch game where you sit next to your buddies and play video games and just yell at each other. <laughs> um, so we have these four big drop down screens. And then we also have uh, one of them. We've got just dance where chops is always tearing it up. And he's a little modest, <laughs> but <laughs> there's like big pools of sweat down there, but it's <laughs> worth it. The kids sure. are splashing around. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. I might share my pants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get a slip and slide going. It's Ugh. really fun. Uh, um, so you said you had someone on your team that kind of caters specific games to, to, you know, certain children with their disabilities or whatever. Is that kind of how you choose the games that are in the Mod Arcade at times? Yeah, so we've been doing the Mod Arcade for like three years now. It used to just be me by myself and just like begging people to come help me. <laughs> and like, it was insane. There was a group called GameStart that was really like crucial in helping us get started. They, they're, they're no longer around, but they were like an after school program. And it's actually, I hired one of my guys from them when they, oh. when they kind of like, um, got absorbed into another charity or into a charity but um it's been about yeah a year and a half that we've been running mount arcade and it's been a lot of trial and error but what we found was the games that kids really gravitated to were the ones where you could sit down like i said with your buddy kind of like what we used to do back in the day retro yeah. gaming yeah. where you'd sit and just play you know smash or uh, mario kart the ones that were easy to pick up jump into get out of and uh so those were the ones that we put up on the big screens and then we'd have these other spots like um, the gamers outreach game carts that thank you to everybody who helped raise those from oh, games. Yeah, we did that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we raised money for, uh, through gamers outreach to build some gaming carts that you yeah. guys can take around the hospital. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we all <laughs> met. Surprise, I forgot about something. Well, I mean, if you want to bring us up, JJ, I mean, sure. Uh, yeah. So what exactly are those gaming carts? Because right. even the people who might've donated when GameZilla was doing that previously, they might not have a firm grasp on that. Like what exactly are those gaming carts? So the game carts are an amazing, but simple tool. Um, that were actually created at CSMOT by the founder gamers of Gamers Outreach, Zach Weigel, who's actually up for CNN's Hero of the Year right now. Oh, that's really awesome. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And, uh, as of this recording. Uh, as of this recorded, yeah. We'll find out in like two weeks. Well, it'll have passed by the time this is out. But if he actually Well, that's pretty it. exciting. So we'll yeah. record an ending with congratulations yeah, and we'll yeah. record an ending with condolences. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there we go. And then we'll air it. That's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, Zach actually, he uh, when he was in high school, he... Um, Started this this um, nonprofit foundation foundation that basically raises money and wanted to show how uh, games can be good for people because yeah. at that time there was a lot of political like well at every time there's a lot of political on how <laughs> yeah. games are destroying the world and Zach and his friends wanted to show how it could be good and it started out them just like they wanted to bring video games in the hospital and they met my predecessor who was running an activity room in our hospital and he said what do you need and he was like really we just need a way to get a gaming console to a kid's room it's really hard a lot of the carts we have just fall apart and so he actually sat down and figured out with um, my predecessor how like like what it was we needed and then reached out to a medical supply company and got um, basically what our nurses use for their laptops to push around if you see like if you're ever in the hospital hopefully you're not but the nurses have like these things we call cows computers on wheels <laughs> oh. and um but but the the card itself is medical grade and it's it's incredibly durable and um and you can clean it very well and so he like got in touch with those companies and started making these cards but instead of for laptops they're for gaming systems yeah and we had the very first one and then you guys i think donated our and your your group donated the our, I think our eleventh and twelfth one because oh, there's cool. so even though we actually have a gaming we have an Xbox 360 in every single 
patient room, but our clinics don't have them. Our um, surgery areas don't have them. And then we also love to wheel them in where the systems are broken and mm-hmm. it helps out. We also take them into procedure rooms. So when kids are getting procedures like stitches or IV pokes and things like that, and they're not in their room, we bring this into the room where they do that. Oh, and uh, we awesome. use that to help. Well, uh, yeah. Them. Like, yeah, the nurse uses it to help kind of like, cause like, it's not even just like entertainment. It's for the nurses too, and helping them administer mm-hmm. or do whatever kind of thing that they need to do with the kids. Yeah. And we have, we have these amazing people called child life specialists who I happen to be one of them or used to be one of them. <laughs> I'm not as amazing anymore. I don't do that anymore, but that's how I actually got started and, and introducing video games into the hospital environment. So um, what I did as a child life specialist was my job was to normalize the hospital experience by explaining to kids at their level what they were about to go through in the hospital, yeah. whether it was simply getting a shot or they were diagnosed with cancer Oof, or if somebody was actually like passing away and helping them cope with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in the past, most people would like if we were distracting kids during procedures, I would I would prepare them for the procedure. Like if they were going to get an IV or something, I'd explain what was going to happen. I had these little books that I had made showing them what was going to happen and explain it to them on their level. But then I'd also give them coping techniques like here we can go in and we can blow bubbles or we can watch a show or something like that. Sure. But what we found was with the older kids. Bubbles didn't cut it. Right. Um, you don't TV say. Didn't cut it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but what kids really got into were video games, and I love video games. Most of the other child life specialists were, uh, at the time, middle aged women who weren't into video games, right. and so mm-hmm. there wasn't that part being brought into it. And so I would bring a gaming system into the hospital. Or luckily at that time we did have some of those carts, but people were just kind of leaving them in the kids' room, letting them play with it. But I was actively using it to distract them and and engage them. And then we were using it with physical therapy and things like that. And so that's kind of how my job evolved. It went from I was a child life specialist to now I oversee all the gaming technology and me and my team educate nurses, doctors, child life specialists, and everybody else on how to integrate that technology into their therapeutic practice. So it's not just something that sits there and kids play with and the parents ignore them and everyone else ignores them. Mm -hmm. It's something that is a tool that we use every single day uh, to to encourage the kids to meet their therapeutic goals without yeah. them really realizing that we're right, right. Uh, so, JJ, you you mentioned that you know you had already really had a love of video games, and you know your your uh, compatriots at the time, you know, didn't really know much about them or didn't really care for them beforehand. So, so my question for you is, what are kind of your origins with video games? Like, you know, when did you start playing games? Like, what was your first system? Yeah. Yeah, so actually, the very first time I ever played a video game, I was seven years old, and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and I was actually admitted into CS Mott Children's Hospital. And I was on my second day there, and I had already had many, many, many shots and injections, mm-hmm. and I was really, like, struggling. Uh, and then a guy who ran the activity room, his name was Jerry Reed, uh, he came and asked, hey, you want to come down to the playroom? And at that time, I was really shy, but I, but... He was like, no, I have this thing called an Atari, and you're going to love it. And I was like, uh-huh. what? He sat me down in front of an Atari 1600, and I played Pitfall. And it was the first game I'd ever played. And I was like, <laughs> holy cow, this is amazing. <laughs> this little stick figure's running, and an alligator just ate me. And I like, and then I was like, I was hooked. I was like, this is amazing. Like, my mom had to drag me out of the activity room. And then Jerry actually had some like weird tiger knockoff thing that wasn't even really a video game, but yeah. it felt like it. But that's, he gave it to me so that I could go. Like the tiger electronics. Like, yeah. The, the yeah. screen. Yep. And, yep. And, the yep. and they're exactly. like pre-made, almost like a Game & Watch kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and and then I kept, I I was in there for a week and I would go to the playroom as much as I could and play the Atari. And uh, I made, I made a few friends while I was there, which I like, I didn't think would ever happen. I was shy. I had a hard time making friends even as a, um, as a regular kid before I got diagnosed with diabetes and here I was Mm -hmm. at the hospital, but we were all talking about games and loving it. And then from then on, I was hooked. Uh, My mom actually used Double Dragon 2 as an incentive for me to give myself my first shot because as a diabetic I have to give myself shots all the time uh-huh. um, but when I was like seven I didn't want to poke myself like, right. that was no way but my mom was like hey if you do this I'll buy you a video game and I was like what <laughs> and, and then my dad was really cool he was really into all like 
kinds of computers and stuff. He always had what was like cool like two years ago. So he had a Commodore 64. <laughs> so yeah, he waited for things to be on sale. Yeah, and he bought, yeah. He's a frugal man. Yeah, I remember that. Smart man. But I didn't, I didn't know. So he'd get us a Commodore 64 like three years after no one right. had those. And like I was like, this is amazing. I'm like putting cassette tapes in, playing like brush your teeth games and stuff like that. <laughs> the ones where you have to put like, it's the same controller. It's just like a plastic cover that goes on yeah, it. And you're like, yeah. it's a brand new game. Like, man, this is amazing. Kid, it's all just right. the same controller with a plastic cover. Exactly. <laughs> I fell for that all the time. Exactly. But yeah, no, I had a Commodore. 64 i had an atari i had the the i had pong um i had uh, uh sega genesis uh i just imagine like your your like parents come in and they're like jj here's your very own nintendo entertainment system you're like graphics are never gonna get better and oh, your next yeah. door neighbor is like playing GoldenEye or something <laughs> no. play golden eye I, I think the biggest one was when i was ah jeez i think i was like 10 or something like that like i had been begging my mom for a game boy game boy the original game boy the yeah, brick? The big, yeah. yeah the, the gray brick yeah when i talked to my employees i'm like game boy they're all like oh yeah but like game boy color i was like no no, no this no, thing no. was like 50 pounds and it had like a, like a green screen and it was like tiny tiny uh, but I loved it oh my god I loved it and then um, but then like a year or two later my cousin from California flies in with a Lynx did you guys ever heard of that uh, I know a little Lynx. bit this thing was like it looks like the Nintendo Switch looks now and it blew my mind it was like 16 bit graphics I think it was more like 8 bit but like he had Slime World on there and California games, and you could flip it over if you played left-handed, and you could like what? Yeah, yeah it was insane. That's crazy. You could play eight people at the same time if anybody else in the world. I don't think eight people in the world had a link. <laughs> You're not wrong. They pretty much did. But, it still had like the four-inch screen though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a little longer though, so it was like widescreen for like oh. I don't know. But it came out like right either right before, or right around the same time as the Game Gear. Oh, and, so that's uh, why it didn't have a long shelf life. Oh, yeah, no, Even it didn't have Game a long shelf life. Yeah, dude, great. Well, yeah. it also took, like, what, 16 AA batteries to run it, a Game no, Gear? No, it did. It did. Well, I, and the yeah. Lynx is the oh, same the Lynx, way. Yeah, like, I think and they lasted an hour yeah. and a half or two hours. Yeah. It's it like, you know, 10 batteries. It was like, you know, you had to, like, power it with, like, a, a plug. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, there's a contract that popped up. It was like, do you want power? Please offer your firstborn. <laughs> right. It was like, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Batteries are never cheap too, because I remember playing like Game Boy, and it would give me the warning like your your, your Game Boy is about to die, and I'd live dangerously. Like, no, I can do this, and then the screen would slowly fade, and I'd be like, no, yeah. why, <laughs> mom, I need batteries. We're out. No, I think I think the Links though had a power cord. I remember that, or maybe it was just my dad had rechargeable batteries. I can't remember, but <sighs> it was a. Uh, it, yeah, it was like my parents were so mad because they had just gotten me this $100 Game Boy. And then uh, my cousin comes up and I'm like, please, I need the lights. <laughs> oh, God. It's all I want. My, my best, Your dad's like in six years. Yeah. My, my, my favorite weird fact that my dad ever shared with me about the Game Boy was that the Game Boy chip had the same computing and, and power as the... <laughs> first Russian spaceship that ever went into space. And I'm like, that's crazy. And I'm playing Tetris on this thing. And that's what (laughs) flew a spaceship? I mean, essentially, essentially the very first spaceship was just a capsule with like a giant slingshot. Right, right? exactly. (laughs) Yeah, right. So if if you ever want to tell your your co-workers about that and blow their mind, uh, uh, that's just a fact that stuck with me because my dad's full of useless information. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I... So, JJ, uh, to swing it back around to, uh, you know, everything you're doing at uh, CSMOT, uh, you know, I, I did want to ask, what uh, what other kind of programs and kind of fun stuff do you guys have going on? Yeah, so we um, we do a few different things. We're trying to, like I said, we have the, the Lego guy who comes by. We do a lot with virtual reality, which I haven't touched on too much. Um, we are working with a... a few different groups one was uh we actually created a, we actually cre- were creating a a game to teach kids about uh, driving safety oh. and distracted driving and so we're working um, with our injury prevention team um who were the ones who actually like wrote the grant and wanted to do it and they came to me and they were like hey can you help us make a video game and i was like sure i don't know what I'm doing, but, um, but yeah it's pretty fun and we we actually we have a teen advisory council and they get to test all the games that we're oh, developing wow. and uh, is it with like the local area schools in ann arbor or um, is it like a state level thing so our teen advisory council are kids who actually like either are currently in the hospital or mm-hmm. have attended or have been in the hospital and and we kind of recruit them and they meet once a month and then we just go and say, hey, we want to try this with the kids in the hospital. What do you think? 
And they're usually really great about giving us feedback as far as like, mm, that's not good. No one likes that. Or, oh, okay. Um, but then the, like the safety game that we're creating, that will be used to go to like driving instructing schools and, and, and uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's, that's one of the like kind of different things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also we use uh, things like the the Nintendo Switch and the and virtual reality. Like uh, we use PlayStation Four VR actually a lot. Oh, yeah. Wow. So what's uh, what's going on with all the virtual reality stuff? Yeah. So we're um, we use it for a lot of different things. Um, OT and PT are one of those. So occupational therapy, physical therapy to get the kids up and moving. Uh, what we when we first started using. Uh, virtual reality. It was kind of just like, oh, look at this cool new thing. We we actually got our hands on an Oculus um, dev kit way back in the day, thanks to GameStart, and we we made a kind of a fun YouTube video that actually got a lot of um, views way back in the day. And uh, but at first, it was just a way to like get kids out of the hospital, feel like they were doing something different. And then what we started using it for were kids who were paraplegic quadriplegic who maybe wouldn't be able to have some experiences we were able to like put them on a roller coaster and they'd never be able to to do that or go in a submarine or feel like they're like swimming or moving in a way that they've never been and then what we started noticing was like for some of our kids it was actually they were getting a lot more motion just by being in vr because the natural thing like as soon as you put on a vr helmet kids will immediately start looking around. Adults, you have to tell them to look because mm-hmm. we're so used to staring at a screen. We don't look when we play VR. Yeah, yeah. But kids will just like start exploring and trying to interact and touch things and move things. And we've noticed like they started moving in their beds and on different planes of axes. So like when you do uh, physical therapy, the physical therapist will actually raise your arm like five times. Well, we noticed within two seconds, the kid who would refuse to raise his arm because he was like in a lot of pain would just start raising his arm because he naturally wanted to reach that button that was over, over his head. Or Yeah. Um, so we kind of like throw VR on kids and just let them meet their therapeutic goals without telling them what they are. Oh, that's cause cool. Because they get so engaged and enwrapped in that. And then we've also noticed that a lot of kids who have... Uh, pain just chronic pain um they when they're in vr they they re, they record they report less pain so that we have like a pain score okay one is the lowest 10 is the highest and they um will often report that their pain score is lower while they're in vr and there's a few things behind that one they're just so into the game they're not thinking about their pain but also mm-hmm. a lot of their pain comes from them holding still because they're mm-hmm. in pain they don't move but movement actually helps to reduce the pain because it makes the blood flow better. It gets the medicine working through them better. And so we've we noticed that there's like a reduction in how much medicine we have to use or if we have to use any at all because they're so into that VR experience. That's, so cool. that's awesome. Yeah, that's super interesting. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't cross my mind to start like just naturally doing that kind of stuff because like you can even apply that to, I think, older people too who, mm-hmm. you know, as you become older, you become more stationary yeah and like yeah. to help you stay current and keep moving your body and so you can be independent exactly. i feel like that could be a huge thing too for older people and i get it's a different hurdle i think you have to adjust with mentally yeah but that's that's really interesting that that they report less pain because they're moving more when they're resistant to moving more because they are in more pain it's it's a really cool way to flip it on its yeah, head it's this weird like like uh cycle that they get that you get locked into you know the more it hurts the more you don't want to do it right the more you do it the less it'll hurt you get used to it the other thing that we're doing with vr that we we literally just figured out how to do this in a safe way two weeks ago we haven't actually tested on kids yet is um providing them uh, a recreational space to play in so vr is expensive and the equipment is not very friendly for isolated rooms so rooms where kids are um they can they, they either have an infectious disease that can be contagious to others or they their their blood counts are so low that they can catch something very easily. I see. So we have to be very careful. Like the PS4 VR is actually one of the best systems for us because we can wipe it all down and clean it mm-hmm. very well, whereas a lot of other systems have like foam or something in it that we can't take yeah. into those rooms. Mm. But what we found was um, there's, a, there's a game called Rec Room that uh, – is cross-platform, so anybody can use it. You can even use it on your phone. And what we did was we we built a a private space in Rec Room where kids who are in two separate rooms can play, can physically play with each other because they both go into the VR world and they're able to connect through Wi-Fi to be in that same space. They can wave to each other. They can throw a ball at each other. They can have a sword fight. They can do all kinds of cool stuff. That's really cool. Um, And we just now, because of generous donations from people, because our entire program is completely funded through um, 
donations, mm-hmm. except for my salary, which is just very recent. Everything else is through donations. Um, and so we, we just received a few donations for different computers and headsets. So now we're able to set two kids up in two different rooms and they can play. We can even set it up with kids in another hospitals. Oh, wow. um, and then because of the, it's a rec room and you can do it on your phone as well. Like kids can now be in an isolated room, but then they can play with their brother or sister at home who can just get on their phone and play the game That's and so control cool. an avatar in the VR space that the kid is in. Yeah. Yeah, because it would kill me if I couldn't visit my brother in the hospital yeah, yeah. physically. You know, like that would I would drive me crazy. So I can't I can't imagine what their brothers and sisters or even their parents probably feel like not being able to interact that way with their with their child. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah, and then yeah, that was like the kind of a revolutionary breakthrough for us at the hospital. It was like the second year I was there. We we got Xbox 360s put in every room, and I had to really fight to be allow them to be online. And people were like, well, why do they need this? And I was like, because that's the only way that kids can socialize. Yeah. And that's how kids socialize now. Yeah, it's all online. Right. And so now we have kids who are on there playing and they're playing like they have a regular play date every day with their brother or sister who lives in Kansas or Japan or, you know, Afghanistan or somewhere else. Like, but every single day they can play with them. And then um, other kids will be online playing with their online friends and their online friends will, you know, be calling them names and, uh, <laughs> yeah, say, like and I'll be do. like, whoa. Yeah. And they'll be like, no, I love it. They don't know I'm in the hospital. They just treat me like any other normal kid. Right. Uh, which is something that like they don't get from most of their other friends who know they're in the hospital who are afraid to come visit them. But when they're playing yeah. online, they don't see them and they, they just treat them like everybody else. And your, your position itself, you're, are you, you're, you're not through the hospital. It's through a, a, a nonprofit, right? Or is it? So my, it, it's complicated. It's but complicated. My, okay. my position <laughs> is through the hospital. I, okay. I, I am a clinician who we did a pilot program where, so I, as I had mentioned, I am a certified child life specialist. I'm also a certified rec therapist to anybody who that means anything to. Um, but I started out as a clinician. And then that position, and we created this pilot position where it evolved into this made up position called a patient technology specialist. Um, and that was funded through um, a charity called the Mont Golf Classic. After that pilot program was over, they were like, okay, we can't live without this position now. And so they they hired me on to create a whole department of this. Wow. Every other position that works for me, so the three other guys I had mentioned, they are all funded through charities and Child's Play Charity uh, funded two of the positions all of last year, and they actually have funded a lot of the equipment that comes through. And then Gamers Outreach has also provided a lot of funding, and through like organizations like yourselves, who people just donate to them, and then they kind of direct it towards us. Yeah. So Child's Play had uh, invited uh, uh, you guys out, mm-hmm. as well as uh, a few of us from uh, Gamezilla Media. I was lucky enough, along with Grimlock from the Gamezilla Show to go out to uh, uh, the PAX, uh, uh, PAX West uh, for this year. Uh, or I'm sorry, no, this would be the previous year now. Yes. So to, uh, uh, 2019. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was awesome to, to not only be able to follow uh, you guys around and kind of see what you guys had going on. Child's Play, you know, did a ton of stuff at, uh, you know, PAX itself and had their own like booth set up and everything. But we also got a chance to go to, I think I would mentioned it in a retro relapse uh, uh, you know, previous uh, around the time of PAX, when I had gotten back, uh, got to go to uh, Microsoft's facility and stuff. Yeah. So we got to see that. Uh, so uh, are you guys still working uh, like to a degree with them about like you know, uh, kind of integrating patients who maybe have a hard time kind of moving around or maybe you know whether it's like missing limbs or unable to use certain bodily functions like you know yeah yeah so child's play has been amazing they've been kind of like this center space for all of hospitals they're they're actually funding positions like mine at hospitals all over the country um so like craig when you were there there were like three other hospitals that had people like me yeah yeah funded their positions as well i remember one was out in denver Mm -hmm. uh uh, I'm having a hard time remembering where the other two were. We, um, there's one in Denver, Colorado, and they actually had hired a guy who used to work for me out there. Oh, yeah. He and, was a cool dude. Yeah. And then um, there's, uh, I think, uh, Seattle Children's has one. Uh, there's one in mm, San Antonio. And they're, they're all over. The, they actually, they, I think there's about 20 of them out there now. Oh, nice. And it's a growing thing. So if you're a gamer who wants to work with kids, like keep your eye out there. It's They're usually called gaming tech specialists or patient technology specialists. And whenever Child's Play is funding one of these positions, mm-hmm. they 
they kind of they put it out on their website so i just follow them and if it's something you're interested in learning about like like definitely keep up with them because they're supporting that but yeah because of child's play and because of their presence at pax Mm -hmm. um they always like take us to groups like Microsoft and introduce us. And, and we now have patients who work directly with Microsoft to help with the adaptive controller, which is this amazing. Piece well, you're of the equipment. perfect like test group for those. Kind yeah, of things. yeah. Yeah. Cause you can, one, you work directly with children. Mm-hmm. So you already have that relationship mm-hmm. as like a company coming in to a hospital. It's a very disconnected, I think approach. So being able to like teach you the tools and then have you, you interact with the kids on it. That's invaluable response to to those technologies to help them improve and and see how they're functioning. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's great because it's creating this like this base of gamers who are patients, who are are broadcasters like yourselves, mm-hmm. who are um, clinicians like myself. Who like we we all love to game, and now what like groups like Child's Play and yourselves are doing is like you're getting the word out there, and then we're all kind of working together in our own little niche to show one the positive goodness of gaming, but then also like allowing patients, kids who couldn't can't leave the room to actually like potentially have a job, like right. working for Microsoft testing this stuff or creating their own podcast yeah. to get the word out there and share. Yeah. Um, I had a curious question about the whole development of Mod Arcade. Mm-hmm. I know you had said you would go to rooms and see that using video games helped you, you know, use needles and stuff. Was there a time when maybe oh, gamers outreached the carts and everything where you thought, oh, I should have this event where all the kids come to this room and play games? Like, how did that come into fruition? Yeah, so Mod Arcade was kind of this this weird thing where we use, we have something else called Skyline Cafe um, where um, our music therapy group uh, invites local artists to come in and play music for kids. And they do it in the exact same space that we do. And people would just come and eat snacks. They, they would order pizza and people come and eat pizza and watch musicians play. And they've been doing it for 10 years. And I was like, this is sweet. Well, yeah, we should in, do this with video games. You're in Ann Arbor, like, <laughs> right. like the hub of music in the yeah. middle, in the Midwest. Like, yeah. Of course, that would make perfect sense. Yeah, and so so it was really cool, but I was like, we could do this with video games. <laughs> yeah. And so I literally just ripped off their idea. And <laughs> and I was just inviting all of my, my gamer friends who I'd been meeting while I was going out into the – you know, we've got University of Michigan and Eastern Michigan and Washington and all these other colleges right here. So I was just reaching out to the colleges saying, how can you help us grow this program? And so we were getting volunteers from here and there to come in and help just run the thing. Um, and and it was it was literally like I, at first I was just ordering pizza and saying, come down and play video games. And we'd have like four or five games set up. And then yeah. I was trying to run like three VR systems and video games and this all by myself with like two volunteers. But then it, we, you know, we hired Connor, who you guys have all met. He's my project manager and he's, yeah. he's got it down to like this like well-oiled machine. Oh, yeah. um, and then you guys keep coming back. So it's like, Oh my God, I have real gamers come in and helping me and they know how to like help troubleshoot something here or there. <laughs> we got rid of the pizza cause it was so popular and we needed more space to just play video games. <laughs> and so now we have snacks out in the hall that the kids can bring in. But that was when we knew something was we had something because we didn't need pizza anymore. It's ve- yeah, I was gonna say it's very telling when the pizza is secondary because normally <laughs> pizza is very, like a primary. To you, yeah. Craig, to you, pizza is always primary. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but you know, yeah, that's just yeah, how but, it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's when we were we were like, okay, they're not eating the pizza because they're playing the games and they don't have time to like get their greasy hands and <laughs> right. Um, but we yeah, we typically have um, anywhere from fifty to hundred people people come to the arcade and that's huge because most people don't want to leave their rooms or they don't want to leave their floor. Right. And so we have kids coming from the, all over the hospital and kids coming from the clinic and we only do it one, we do it the second Saturday of every month and it's so popular now and it's really the only opportunity for people outside the hospital to volunteer. And, and so now we're hoping next year to move it to two Saturdays a month and eventually do it uh, weekly. Awesome. Oh, that'd be great. Well, and, mm-hmm. and it's fun to see, you know, some kids when they walk in, they're a little shy and they're a little, you know, on edge because they're they may not be feeling well or they just don't want to talk to people. And they pick up a game and then by the time the event's over, they don't want to leave. Yeah. They just want to keep playing and chatting it up with with the other kids there, the yeah. volunteers. And it's really cool to see their their personalities just flip. And you know, like I've I've played next to a kid who's had a kidney transplant or a heart transplant or or they're just in there for I don't know stitches were being removed or right. something else. Um, but they're always, they always seem to open up more when they're yeah. able to interact in a in a way that's 
familiar to them, and that's through video games in, in this specific sense, yeah. but also building Legos because there's a really big Lego table in the middle, which I love. So uh, a quick little side note for the, uh, the time I had uh, volunteered previously. I was super impressed. Uh, the guy who does the the Lego uh, table has this giant like blanket laid out, and you know he's putting together all the Legos and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, it's so you can like you know just like lift up the blanket and pour it into the bucket. Like that's that's super smart." And the guy looked at me and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what that's for." And it was like, "Oh, I mean, I thought it was pretty clever, but never mind." He's got a whole uh, unique system. But yeah, I, I wanted it's to so talk cool. Talk a little bit about the Lego uh, uh, setup too, because I thought that was super intriguing. That it's just all these Legos thrown out, and there's like Lego robots and stuff. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I love to. So, yeah, that's that's John McInerney. I hope I said his last name right. Um, <laughs> but he, yeah, he's amazing. He was a volunteer. He he literally like called me up one day and was like, "Hey, I'd love to volunteer. I see what you guys are doing with video games. I'd love to do that with Lego robots." And he sent me this like YouTube clip that he made of this entire huge city that he made with some kids because he used to work at uh, something called the robot factory i think is what it was um and so he was like a summer camp counselor basically that taught kids robotics and he's his passion with was legos he has a degree in art and design um and so he was just volunteering for about a year everybody who works for me and actually gets paid they volunteered beforehand and so that's how i know they're like amazing yeah um but but John, yeah, he created his own so that I could, <laughs> I could pay him to be there because he was in such high demand. Um, uh, he created his own. For, first, it was a for-profit an LLC, and now he's turned it into a nonprofit, um, and it's called Build Up Steam. And so hospitals can actually like uh, hire him to go in and and go bedside and do all of these things with these kids. Where he basically he has this amazing cart that like right away like the kids see it and they're like whoa what is that and uh-huh. they, it's basically a toolkit like a big tool yeah, cart yeah like like you would find in like a mechanic's office yeah yeah but it's all plastic so exactly. it's like lightweight easy to move yep. easy to clean yep. there's any like weird grease stains or anything on it like you would find in a, <laughs> yeah. in a car place and he's so, he's like so meticulous like everything's organized perfectly and all this stuff but he's super chill and laid back and he has yeah. great rapport with kids and family and and the minute he started working at our hospital uh, patients, parents were re- were emailing me directly and saying like, "This guy is amazing." My kid was complaining about how much pain they were in or how much how mm-hmm. sad they were, and now, like for the full hour that he was with them, because he'll sit down and spend about forty five minutes with each individual kid, and sometimes he does groups, and sometimes it's one kid at a time, um, and then other times he does these big things with us at the Mod Arcade, but. I've never heard anything bad about him, and they they just are always talking about like my kid was so into the Legos, and then their brothers and sisters started playing with them, and then Grandpa started playing, and, and like, <laughs> and and what I loved about it was it evolved our program past video games because like I mean I love video games, but I always imagined the program would be just science and technology and art and all of that all wrapped into one, and and he kind of took us to that next level, and then and then we hired Connor who started bringing in like coding and robotics and film editing and that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. so we we kind of offer it all now and that's that's something I'm I'm super proud of but it was everybody else who did all the work and I just <laughs> hired the right guys. I <laughs> uh, so we've talked about the virtual reality and the the Legos and you know the uh you know the, of course the video games but I uh, but actually no, we haven't really talked too much about that. So you mentioned, you know, Smash Brothers and like Mario Kart and stuff, mm-hmm. but and the fact you have these gamer carts. But like, what all games are available to play, like for the kids at uh, at the Mod Arcade event? So at, at actual Mod Arcade, like we try to pick games that are E for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have one a non Mod Arcade, like we for our teens and stuff. We have like the more mature games, but they're kind of like. Psh- to the side Um, but at mod arcade we have so the most popular are definitely smash brothers and uh probably mario kart and then uh chops's favorite just dance (laughs) oh that's right you mentioned just my wife's favorite she came and had a great time um yeah and then we have our we have our like uh, weird corner where we don't know what to do with it and it's usually mario party because there's like two kids who love it um, but that one kind of switches out. Sometimes we'll try to, a new game in there. And then we have our VR corner, which lately it's been either Camp Magic, which is something that a gentleman is actually making for us. It's only like oh. exclusive to our hospital, oh, nice. which is a lot of fun. And it feels like a summer camp. Like you walk around and can do all these really <laughs> cool, cool things. Huh. Um, but then we also Beat Saber is insanely popular. So we'd use that one a lot. Um, 
And then, uh, and then we have on the go karts, which are like the things that you guys helped raise. We usually have um, like two player games. So um, Rocket League is huge. Um, Deadite was getting destroyed by a little girl in Madden last oh, time. Oh, that was so funny! Oh my god, that was so much fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, those, and those are the ones where it's like, like sometimes we'll have like some of the more mature games on there. Like uh, sometimes we'll have like Marvel versus Capcom or um, Street Fighter or something like that okay. on there. Those are kind of like if you think of like. When you go to the arcade, like there, you got your big shows, and then you got the little like arcade cabinets in the corner where it's like, um, you know, those two guys will just sit and play and, yes. and stuff all their quarters in there, and that that's kind of what the go karts have been for us. They're like the the one offs that we know like two or three people are going to love and spend the whole time there, and then the big ones are where we know like all the kids are going to gravitate to. So I have a, a kind of a, a, hy- a hypothetical uh, question here for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So you you. Uh, uh, you know, talked about all these games that the kids can play, and you know this is the legend of retro. It's all you know, cl- classic old school stuff. And let's face it, a lot of kids aren't very interested in old video games. But JJ, if you had to think of a game that was retro and old school that you think maybe kids would like these days, hmm. what do you think it might be? Is there any game that comes to mind? Or no, it, not it, at it all. could be <laughs> console or arcade because like, yeah. I think arcades are more universal, yeah. appealing to all ages. Yeah, Craig's got a point. Where's the retro games, JJ? <laughs> Where are the retro? Are so the I can tell you. Games? Let me tell you about my attempt to bring retro gaming to my. <laughs> oh, I feel, like, yeah. how, I feel so, like how this is like now become like a grill session. An inquisition. Right? Like, like, the, the interview's over. So, we want to get down to the meat of it. So I used to run the activity rooms on the seventh floor, which is where all of our kids with uh, cancer and uh, blood-borne diseases are, mm-hmm. are. And there were three activity rooms that I ran. There was the main one where all the kids go, and then there was a teen room, and then there was one for our kids with BMT. They could, they could. It was like one kid could go in there because he was he could get sick from all the other kids. Oh, gotcha. Um, but the teen room, I had all these wonderful ideas, and I got, I was like, I'm going to, I have funding. I can buy an arcade table. And like, and I was thinking of like back like when Pizza Hut used to have like those sit down arcade like tables. Did, yeah. yeah, where you yeah, could sit yeah. four people at a time. So I got a tabletop arcade table with like, it had like a hundred retro games. I mean, it had things like like Pac Man to like uh, Arch Rivals, the basketball game where you get to punch each other in the face. <laughs> and like, Rampage. Nice. I was so excited for Rampage and like original Mortal Kombat. And I was like, the kids are going to love this. This is amazing. This thing was like a thousand pounds. It was such a pain oh, to get yeah. up there and set <laughs> up and we had it all set up and ready to go. And I was playing and I, I, I was like, I got some of the teens who I play like with all the time. I was like, come on guys, let's go play. And they were like, okay, this is cool, man. But there's an Xbox one and a PS4 right there. Like <laughs> we could be playing some Halo right now. What's going on? And, and what ended up happening was like the dads would come in and they would just eat up this table. They loved this table. <laughs> They were like, oh, this is amazing. and But none of the teens wanted it, anything to do. They'd play it once to humor me, or we'd play like Mortal Kombat 1 on it, or Mortal Kombat 2, because it had those. And then they'd be like, well, Mortal Kombat X is right over there. Why are we doing this? Oh, man. So that was my attempt at retro gaming. But I think the most retro we get now is Pokemon, which was like, everybody loves Pokemon, Pokemon Go. We were the only hospital in the country for a while that allowed Pokemon Go. Really? We got uh, that that... Pokemon Go ruined my whole summer. Um, <laughs> Wait, ruined? Oh, this is, this is ruined. Deep. <laughs> so this is this is my this is confessions. Um, this is a safe play. I was a summer. I, I'm 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 a little older. I'm almost forty, and I uh, uh, Pokemon itself became really big when I was a summer camp counselor in my like late teens, early twenties, uh-huh. and it drove me nuts because all the kids would like fight over how the cards would play and stuff like that. And I was like that counselor. I was like, I'm going to learn how the kids play. All the other counselors were like, this game is stupid. I don't want to know it. But I learned Pokemon. I learned how to how the cards actually work. All the kids got mad at me because I made them play by the rules. <laughs> and, uh, and, and at that point, I was just like, oh, I hate Pokemon. I'm not going to know. And then Pokemon Go came out like two summers ago, three summers ago now. And uh, it was when I knew that what we were doing in the hospital was taking hold with the hospital because – that weekend it came out, and it was actually GameStart. Those guys called me up, and they were like, hey, you got to try this Pokemon Go out. They're going to love it. I was like, I don't like Pokemon. They're like, no, <laughs> it uses augmented reality. And I'd been pushing augmented reality on everybody I could because I thought it had a lot of potential. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I was playing with my daughter, who was like two or three at the time. And I was like, look, we're taking pictures of you with these little monsters. And she thought it was sweet. And I was like, this is cool. I love this mechanic. Yeah. Um, and I loved the like little steps that they had at the time, so you'd chase it. Well, anyway, I get I get to school or school. I get to work, and I was like, now I got to convince everybody that Pokemon is a is a viable thing. <laughs> like we could use this in the hospital. Yeah, I had fifteen emails from 
occupational therapists, physicians, nurses, everybody saying, hey, have you heard about Pokemon Go? This thing is amazing and we need to use it. And how can we use it at our hospital? My boss's boss called and said, how are we going to like make this as accessible as possible so everyone in the hospital can use it? Wow. And, and what is your plan to make it so that it's safe for everyone? Was this before you even had that idea? This is before I even <laughs> oh, got in. I was, like, like I was like, whoa, like a year ago they would have been like, no, no, no. And, and it was telling because every other hospital in the country was banning Pokemon Go. They were calling, I think it's Niotica. Niantic or something. Niantic, that's it. So they were calling Niantic and asking Pokestops to be removed from their premise. Oh, yeah. I remember when everybody was. Right. They were like, I don't want, I don't want hoodlums hanging around right. my shop. We were the opposite. We were identifying every pokey stuff. We had, we have a big bird statue, and we were like, this is a pokey gym. Come over here. And like, <laughs> we were our physical therapists were actively taking groups of kids out on Pokemon That's really hunts. Really cool. And like, um, and so then what happened was like, we we were on USA Today for that, oh, and wow. uh, we started making videos demonstrating how we use it to get kids moving and doing all kinds of things. And you can see it on YouTube. If you type in Pokemon Go CSMOT, you'll see us using Pokemon Go with the kids. Um, and I still, to the, that whole summer, my job changed. I became like a PR guy. I had to just keep- <laughs> feeling, You had to be the Pokemon guy? Yeah, I had to be the Pokemon guy. And I was like, so how what, is this happening? And I, I enjoyed Pokemon Go. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is, is for that summer, you were a Pokemon master. I was. I was oh. And that was the joke. Actually, Zach from Gamers Outreach was like, dude, you're a Pokemon master. You're like the most famous <laughs> And I was, I loved it. I actually enjoyed it. And, and it, what's fun now is like, I thought it was kind of like done and I still see like my colleagues playing. And what was really cool with that was like, that was the first time you saw like doctors getting, especially like um, our residents and our med students who were kind of like at that age when Pokemon was like, oh, first yeah. coming out and they them. were, they, they'd see kids who were playing with Pokemon and, and the kids these days, like most of them aren't like Pokemon fans. Well, now they are because of Pokemon Go, but they weren't Pokemon fans the way, you know, we were when we were kids. Right. Sure, sure. Um, but they were had fun catching these things. And then the doctors would get down and be like, oh, do you know that's a Squirtle? And they evolved this and this and this. And they'd get, they'd nerd out hardcore on these kids who were like, <laughs> you know what a video game is? Yeah, I do that <laughs> with my nephew. Yeah. <laughs> I but it was them like, all the time with it. But to see a doctor do that, to see a doctor go from like standing up above you, like 10 feet tall to yeah. squatting down next to you and telling you about their favorite nerdy, goofy cartoon. Um, like that, that was where I saw this like culture shift in our hospital and our video games just kind of like yeah. took over and I was like, oh, we did it. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. And now I never have to fight whenever I want to put a new game in our hospital. People are like, yeah, let's do it. How can we make it better? You won. Yeah. You absolutely <laughs> yeah, won. Seriously. So I noticed on your shirt, you have something, you have a hashtag. Oh yeah. So hashtag you, stream for Mott. You want to explain a little bit about what that's about? Yeah. So this is our new initiative. So all of these wonderful charities have been raising money for us and doing all of this stuff. And we, we noticed that they do it mostly through streamers. Um, all these wonderful, amazing gamers are raising money to help people. And we were like, this is awesome, but but people are always asking, how do we raise money for you? And we're not a part of Children's Miracle Network, so we're not supported through Extra Life and things like that, which mm -hmm. is how most gamers raise money for their favorite hospitals. So we kind of cut out the middleman. Like We still greatly appreciate any fundraising you do <laughs> through other charities. Yeah. But we have our own Tiltify account now. So if you're a streamer or even if you just use Facebook or anything like that, you can actually um, go to hashtag StreamForMot and you can download the tools you need to do fundraiser for us. Or you can actually donate directly to our program. All the funding goes to all the programs that we've just talked about. Um, but if you want to raise money for Mott, you can do that. So if I wanted to, if I was, say, a streamer. Yeah. Wait, are you? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK. Uh, yeah, I watch you sometimes. I, I mean, you both play off the games. Like yeah. Be there or be square. You shut your mouth, Chops. <laughs> you said you wouldn't bring it up in this episode, and yet here we are. Any chance I can. Man, when is he going to stream, stream Robo Pit? <laughs> oh. I did that already. Yeah, you can do it again. Again. <laughs> so. Robo Pit? Oh, this game. oh, we'll talk later. <laughs> okay. I'll, okay. Speak, I'll preach the good word of RoboPit to you. Chops' favorite activity is preaching the good word of RoboPit. <laughs> so, uh, JJ, if, yeah. if I wanted to uh, go ahead and do a charity stream for you guys, mm -hmm. so I basically what? Just go, you know, punch in that hashtag, like just what into Google or whatever, mm -hmm. and bring up uh, uh, your guys' information. Is it just like a certain account that I can link it to and everything for, for people to donate to? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you go to hashtag stream format, um, it'll bring up our website page where you can just click on a thing and just donate directly. But if you want to do streaming for us, there's a right up in a bright 
yellow. It says hashtag stream for mod. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Tiltify account and it'll walk you right through how to set up uh, your account where you can put our little logo on it. And um, that way when people are watching you and they want to donate, they just click on that little button that you'll have up on your on your screen as yeah. you're streaming and um, they can through PayPal donate directly to us and it'll like it'll register so that you can you can see like when people are donating and things like that that's so cool yeah that's awesome yeah. and it works for Twitch and like works for uh, Twitch Mixer Facebook um, I think all your it works for all your streaming platforms oh, wow. yeah <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Tiltify is how a lot of like charities use it. Like Child's Play Charity uses Tiltify. Um, Gamers Outreach, who you guys use, they use Tiltify when they're they do their streaming fundraising. So it's it's a nice. I think we're we're one of two hospitals right now that actually like you can stream directly for us through Tiltify. So. No, that's awesome. I also uh, you had brought up uh, before we even uh, started recording. Uh, something that caught my attention, and so I just wanted to uh, uh, bring it up here. Uh, this is very recent for you, so as of the time with this episode releases, it'll be out for a little bit. Uh, but you guys put out a, a song on YouTube. Yeah, it's so it is a pretty amazing. Um, one of our our, our project manager um, Connor, who's funded through Child's Play Charity, and uh, one of our music therapists Emma, together worked with over twenty patients with cystic fibrosis for people who aren't familiar cystic fibrosis is a respiratory illness that um is there, there is no cure um and it can it used to be fatal for children as like most kids wouldn't live past 17 now people are living into their 30s and into their 40s um and it's, it, you know with more and more awareness and there's getting they're getting more funding and research to to extend yeah. that uh but this video or the big thing with these kids is they cannot ever be in the same space together because um one of because of their illness that they can catch something from each other that can be fatal and it, it, it doesn't can't be fatal to us it can't even hurt us so they can be around other people they can be around other people but not with people that they have a should have a connection with that they have that also have this condition exactly so if you think of other conditions like cancer or diabetes or anything else there almost everything out there has its own like summer camp or support groups where people get together and they can all be to and support one another but cystic fibrosis they don't have a physical way of doing that mm -hmm. they don't have a way of, of working together or, or being together other than maybe online um and what our team did was they uh, took the song This Is Us um, from The Greatest Showman, the, the movie The Greatest Showman, and they changed the words around. One of our patients actually rewrote the song and called it This Is CF. And he sang the song and they recorded him singing the song. And then they brought that to other patients and, and recorded those patients singing the song. And so each one of these patients, 20 or more patients, are all singing This Is CF. And they're while they're doing it, they're doing things that you would see them doing in the hospital. But they're also doing some of the things that they love to do. And uh, Connor spent many months editing this video, putting it together so that it sounds like they're all singing together. Oh, that's great. And the kids didn't know he was doing this. And so, well, it was Connor and Emma because Emma's the musician. She understands how, like, how to put music together. And Connor understands the editing and the technology side of things. Yeah. And this is how we work with everybody in our hospital is like, we provide that technology, that recreational technology support to do these amazing projects. So they made this amazing song um, called This is CF, and it's 20 different patients who never see each other, never have any physical contact together, but they're all singing together, and we, we made this video. And so now it's out on YouTube and Facebook, and uh, there's like a, a mini version of it on Twitter. Uh, but you can go just type in This is CF. Um, CS Mott Children's Hospital and you can view the video it's about four minutes long but it's an amazing heart touching video of mm -hmm. 20 some kids singing together who'll never actually be in the same physical space together um, yeah so it's pretty powerful and like like when they showed it to the kids like they didn't know they were all doing this together and then uh -huh. all of a sudden they were just like tear like oh man and then the parents oh they were so emotional it was it was pretty powerful that's great that's, that's awesome amazing. so JJ, we, we've talked for, for quite a while about what all you guys have going on, what you're doing. You know, our, our listeners who follow Legend of Retro, you know, they already know we're a part of the GameZilla Media Network. You know, the Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media stuff. They, they hear that all the time. But I want to talk about how our listeners can help you guys. 
you know. So if you please, please extol everything that you can to all our listeners about what they can do to support, you know, things like the the Monarchate event and what you guys have going on. Yeah. So um, there's a few real easy ways. Uh, first is just going to our website and donating. Even like a dollar helps because all, like I said, our entire program is is funded through. Um, donations, generous donations from other gamers. You can, just by sharing this podcast and, and getting the word out there about like how we use video games in the hospital and yeah. in other areas, like that's huge because a lot of people don't even recognize that and just sharing the good that games can do. Um, and then you can also volunteer. So if you go to our um, volunteer website, uh, if you just type in, I think it's Michigan Medicine or CSMOT Children's Hospital Volunteer, and it'll pop up. And you can actually volunteer. Um, we have something called Player 2 Program where you can come in once a week and uh, hand out video games. We have Xbox 360s in every room that we're hoping to upgrade soon. But um, you can go around and, and play video games with kids in their room and hand out g- uh, games t- for them to play with. Um, that does require a two semester um, promise that you're going to be a volunteer and be able to do that weekly. Um, but then we also do the mod arcades, which are becoming very popular. But you can also um, through Gamezilla or if you're on the Discord or something, reach out to you guys, and then we might be able to sneak you into one of those as well. Well, because one of the biggest things that we've learned since volunteering with you is, and, and gamers know this, like you get a game. And you get it from one system. Well, hmm. we got a new system. Okay, so now we need to get another game right. of that same one. Oh, but we hit all the DLC content for that other one. So now we got to rebuy all the DLC. Like, there's just enough things that compound yeah. on like peripherals and yeah. downloaded content and yeah. updates and new systems yeah. that it just it becomes expensive after yeah. a while. And then the hospital can't always get those things right away or able to find people to help out with donating those things. Right. So it, yeah, it's a great opportunity to. You know, like you buy that season pass for that game you love, maybe consider donating a season pass like value. Not not, not the game, right. not the game, but that that money, you know, next time you go to buy one to Children's Hospital, yeah. just as a way to kind of pay it forward. Yeah. The one thing I am sad to say is that we can't take your old gaming systems. Right. Um as much as I love retro gaming, like a Nintendo GameCube just doesn't work in our hospital anymore. The kids can't use that. And that, that's something that people want to donate. But I would recommend donating those to maybe like a, a halfway house or, or, or another program that's not a hospital program. Hospitals usually have to take brand new equipment or brand new things. Yeah. And so we usually ask for game codes or financial donations because right. then we can keep up with the most current technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's not other areas that could that could use that. Yeah. Um, I'd also say like, yeah, please donate to CSMOT Children's Hospital. But if we're not in your region and you have a children's hospital there, like of them having someone like me is slim. Like I said, there's maybe 20 of me's out there. Patient technology specialist is the title that we use mm-hmm. or gaming technology specialist. But there's hundreds of children's hospitals out there. And so if there's one in your local area, just volunteer. And they might not necessarily have a spot for a video game volunteer, but I guarantee you they have a playroom and they probably have a gaming system that's just collecting dust there. Mm-hmm. And that's how the three guys who work for me all got their jobs. So they started out as volunteers who just were passionate about working with kids and then they also had a passion for gaming and they brought that passion to the hospital and they helped us. And then we said, oh, these guys, they can work with kids. They can play video games. Let's give them a job playing video <laughs> games and working with kids. Um, so I would say if you have time and you want to help out your local children's hospital, just be a volunteer. Just be a body there and get to see yeah. what they need. And then you can kind of, as you as you wiggle your way in there, you could be like, oh, hey, would you, do you need me to make that Xbox work for you? Or, you know, I've got a PS4 I'm not using. Can I bring that in and set it up in your activity room for you? And um, who knows? You might get a job out of it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Now, uh, JJ, uh, I... I mean, there's not much left to talk about here in the episode, but uh, I just have one last question for you. I, uh, who's your favorite host of Legend of Retro? Oh, <laughs> put him on the spot! Wow, crazy! Wow, you know, I'm an equal opportunity kind of guy. Yeah, I guess it's whoever like uh, gets me a candy bar or, or oh, right. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> Oh, I wish I, I I really wish that I had a candy bar on, like with my lunch that I brought just so I could just lay it on the table and be like yeah if you could just say it everybody I'm your favorite I think I think it's whoever wins like the death battle afterwards you guys are gonna fight to the death after this right yeah, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. actually wait which one of you have been to Monarchade the most 
That's the real Probably question. me. No, I don't know. Maybe it's oh, tied. Oh, it might it could be, be tied. tied. Well, I know. I went to the last one and you weren't there. So Danielle wins. No, but Danielle you did come by yourself. <laughs> Tony, you came to one by himself. He did? Yeah. yeah. And then there was that one time where you got married and nobody showed up. Sorry. So, <laughs> so, so what you're saying is I'm the most powerful force in whether or not people come. Yeah. So I am the most important. I gotcha. Guess, I gotcha. Guess, okay. Yeah. I think the moral of this story is that I... I it wouldn't hurt to have more volunteers out there at your local uh, children's hospital exactly. yeah. that aren't influenced by shops. Uh, yeah. Well, my yeah. love can be bought, <laughs> and that's through volunteering. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Are we good? To, anybody have any other questions before we wrap this up? Well, let's wrap you, this up. There's, right. there's yeah. one thing I do Ooh, want to touch on. Oh yeah, that you guys made me think of. You were talking about like watching the kids come in and changing, like how they were shy or whatever. Yeah. And one of my favorite things now is like now that I don't have to do so much of the work at those yeah. arcades is watching you guys as volunteers stop being shy so gamers are usually known as introverts or absolutely (laughs) and all of our volunteers are usually scared to death the first time they're doing a mod arcade and second or third time too they're just like i don't know who i'm going to see or what these kids are going to do or whatever and what's really interesting is watching them get lost in playing games with the kids and Mm -hmm. like really coming out of their shell and being like oh these people love the same thing i love and and everyone there is just a gamer and I think that's one of my favorite things is, is the community that's being created at Mod Arcade, yeah. not just for the kids, but for the gamers here in Southeast Michigan who are all coming together. And you guys have been there and met other gamers who are not part of GameZilla, but right. now know about GameZilla or now you know about what they're doing. And it's kind of like building this this gamer community that are all dedicated to doing good. So that's that's all probably the thing I want to go off on is just saying like how much I love how that's brought gamers together from all over southeast michigan and hopefully soon the world that'd be great it absolutely would well i think we're gonna go ahead and uh sign off on today's episode but we'll see y'all next time when When the the legend legend continues. continues